Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. This is episode number 196, entitled Coding versus Non-Coding. It was published on the 10th of September 2020. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and just a few little bits and pieces before we begin. The first thing is to mention that we are a WordPress-specific podcast. Most of our content is entirely focused on WordPress. You can find it all over at wpbuilds.com. And please feel free to share it any which way you like. If you're on Twitter, at wpbuilds is very helpful. Anywhere else, just be creative. There are some black buttons underneath each of the podcast players on the website, and you can use those. But we certainly appreciate your rating us on your podcast player of choice, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Podcasts, whichever it may be, a rating is most appreciated. Speaking of WPBuilds.com, there's a few pages I always mention. The first one is WPBuilds.com forward slash subscribe. That page will enable us to keep in touch with you about all the content that we produce. We produce quite a lot each and every week. We produce a podcast episode. That is what you're listening to now. On a Monday, I write the WPBuilds weekly WordPress news, which is a summation of the previous WordPress news from the, the week that's just gone by. And also at 2 p.m. UK time, we do a live version of that news and I'm joined by some notable WordPress guests. You can find that at wpbuilds.com forward slash live. But back to this subscribe page, there are forms which will allow you to subscribe to our updates. So when we produce new episodes and so on, there's also ways to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast player and join our very, very polite and well-mannered Facebook group. It certainly is a really good place to be if you're a WordPresser and want some help. Another good page is wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. If you're in the market this week for a product or service around the WordPress space, you never know, we might have a coupon code over there. It keeps growing. They've got lots and lots on there for you to check out. It's a bit like Black Friday, but every day of the week. Also, if you know about a job in the WordPress space, head over to our website, find the jobs link in the main menu and then click post a job underneath that and that will take you to a form. It's completely free. It's just a service to help people find jobs in this difficult time. Also, wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise. If you have a product or service and would like to get it in front of a WordPress specific audience, that page enables you to do that. We do banner ads and audio inserts a little bit like this. Do you want to set up your A-B split test in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is that it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress Block Editor. You can check out A-B split test at absplittest.com and get a free demo over there as well. And we do thank A-B split tests for their support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, let's get stuck into today's main event. It is David Wormsley and I having a debate about whether we should be coders or non-coders. These days, it's so easy to have websites built with the tools that you can just lift off the shelf. There are page builders. There are tools to create custom views of everything. There are so many amazing themes out there which will make the job of making your WordPress website so much more straightforward. We could do that. Or we could learn how to code and build everything ourselves. Obviously, there's a, a time burden and there are constraints about what we're able to manage to learn. But 
That way, you'll be in complete control of everything and you won't be subservient to the whims of a plugin, whether it stays around or whether it is able to do the exact thing that you want. So we discussed this today. Obviously, as always, it's a very interesting debate with David Wormsley, and I hope that you enjoy it. Hello, today's debate is, well, debate number 14, and we're calling it Coding versus Non-Coding, which is not the best title. So when we started to set up this series of debates, we naturally got asked to compare page builders against each other, which is a great topic and, you know, obviously sensible because people do need to compare these things, but tricky for us because we use the same page builder, which we know best, and we know that people are passionate about their brand. So we didn't want to fuel any divisions. So instead, we thought we would try and talk about the major players within a debate from the position of us as generalists who have to deliver a whole site and whether we are better off learning some basic code skills or not. Mm-hmm. So in that, I'm hoping we might be able to kind of, if you like, maybe put the, some of the tools that are out there into kind of one camp or the other, whether they're kind of aimed at being for non-coders, perhaps more for designers rather than people who are, see themselves as developers. And just generally ask the question, isn't it, about whether we think, you know, learning those coding skills today as a generalist creating websites is really needed. Yeah, so it's definitely done in the in the frame of using tools that you already use, so page builders and so on. It's not about whether mm. you should be, I don't know, building your own CMS or doing everything from scratch. It's really not that. It's it's just whether there's there's a benefit adding on top of what you already use. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, and I think you know because most of us, I think most of our audience would use a page builder these days. That is the new thing, isn't it? I think when you went into WordPress earlier, you, I mean, there was a lot of plugins which would deal with everything, but I think most people who were building sites for people needed to use some kind of coding skills and that's kind of disappeared and whether it's a good thing or a bad thing is what we can debate. But I think it also, what falls under that is which kind of tools you're likely to pick depending on which way your business is going to go with this, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think Do you not think enough. this is missing from the debate? You know, when when people are talking about tools for WordPress and what you're going to use, I think so much depends on what's what's going to be best is not necessarily a feature set, but it could be. But it depends on what you're what you're prepared to spend your time on. So you're going to pick some tools if you're if you think coding is the way to go forward against you know. On some in some level, you might just think, well, no, I need to do more on the marketing. I need to do more on the design side. So I'm going to get the tools that will just take care of the coding for me. Yeah. If you're a freelancer like me and you, this is a, this mm. is just a nightmare position to be in, isn't it? Because there's constantly a slew of new things coming along, not, not just within WordPress, mm. but in tech in general, which you feel like a pull towards learning. But it was many years ago that I probably not intentionally, but seemed to accidentally make the decision that I really didn't have a lot of space for learning brand new things anymore. I just had to kind of Mm -hmm. get good at the things that I was already interested in. And when I began working with the web, goodness knows how many years ago that was, but quite a few, 
there was there was mm. this urge in me. I was a, a lot younger and I had a lot more energy. This urge to kind of learn everything. So you know, CSS came along and I consumed book after book. It was terribly boring, but I really enjoyed it at the time. <laughs> you know, HTML and then then JavaScript books, mm. and I found that really difficult at the time. But I penetrated through these books and got to got to be reasonably skillful in what it was that I needed to do. You know, there were definitely chapters that I just flicked completely over because I couldn't be bothered. And and then just kind of CMSs took over because it became obvious to me that most of my clients needed something to literally to manage content. That was the purpose of the website, whether that was a brochure bit of content that didn't really change or something more dynamic. The CMS mm. was what took over. And so I got to learn the CMS so the CMS learning uh, completely eclipsed the CSS, the JavaScript, the React, the whatever. I know that's newer and I haven't really yeah. touched it, but you get the point. So the CMS became the important thing to learn. And that's clearly where both of us have spent most of our time. Getting good at the CMS, I decided, was a better way to to circumvent the time that was required to build a, a website. And that has proved to be, a, I think, a good choice. But... Um, currently, I'm working with a, a developer who is helping me to to put something together, which I literally couldn't do by myself. You know, he's, yeah. he's helping me to build an app and more on that later. Um, but there's no way, not, not even a, I'm not even close to being able to pull off what he's done. But then, you know, show him WordPress and say, well, create some custom fields and make it appear on this page in that slot. He He, he wouldn't know how to do that. The thing is, I suspect yeah. he could learn how to do that rather more quickly than I could learn how to how to code an app. But that's a that's a point for another day. So anyway, I've ended up concentrating yeah. on the CMS. So does that lean you? Because in this debate, <clears throat> I'm going to take the the side of it's good to have some coding skills, and you're going to take the position of they're not needed. Non coding yeah. is, is perhaps the way forward. Yeah. So I mean, maybe I should give my little bit of background because you've just given yours in the yeah. sense that when yeah. I started building the sites I also had to hand code some of the HTML and CSS there were very simple sites in there and then when I moved to WordPress the CMS I kind of abandoned all of that and just you know grabbed all the themes and tried them out and then I thought I'd try and learn a little bit of the CSS to move things around and got completely lost so it led me down a path of really picking plugins and themes and not touching the code and then I hit a problem because when I wanted what what was available, I always found there was something that I was missing and then I wanted to get back to the code. So I ended up going full circle. So then I ended up, if you like, being more attracted to simple frameworks, which gave me a layout tool in the CMS so I could still do my kind of CSS coding over the top, but still understand, you know, the basic stuff there so i went for simple frameworks genesis framework was one of mm -hmm. the things that i settled mm -hmm. on mainly rather than a, a big you know mega theme all-purpose thing that did everything and had millions of options this was something we had to take snippets and then put your own css on the top and it's interesting now because i've i've got slack again because of the fact that page builders have come along and they've done a lot of that css work for me yeah yeah i, I fully get I, it i mean if I look back on my journey since the the advent of page builders, I wonder how many of my gray cells in my head that had anything connected to CSS or HTML or JavaScript in them have just given up, just gone gone away. Just said, we're not needed anymore. You know, there's no point in us 
and um and you i know mo- over the last week or so have been fiddling with some uh, javascript in order to solve a problem that you've got and it'd be interesting yeah. to know whether or not you believe you could have done that off it just just by hand if you like without needing to go on google or open a book or anything in previous years whereas now you've kind of forgotten those details because you just haven't needed them because the page builder did it all for you it it mostly did what you wanted and certainly you could steer the client in the direction of saying look this is just the best way to do it let's present it this way knowing that probably there is a better way to present it but it's not easy and it would require some actual you know skill in coding and making a bespoke solution just for them so I'm going to make my case then really okay. the key points about why I think um, having some coding skills is a good thing and not not to try and avoid that with just, you know, trying to get an all-in-one package basically. So in a way, I'm more likely to, I think we could dispute this one, which ones are better suited to me, but I'm more likely to go for things like the Genesis a theme framework where they have to do perhaps you know, if I'm not using the templated themes already, I would need to have some CSS skills. Beaver Builder, I believe, is one of those that also, because it's set out to gear itself towards the developers who perhaps wouldn't want an all-in-one, it comes, although people can build perfectly good sites with it without any coding, but I think it is still aimed at people who would like to do that or at least choose their own plugins, if you like. It's not going for all-in-one and maybe Oxygen Builder. So though I think those are the kind of platforms that are gearing towards the people who don't mind touching a bit of code once in a while. <laughs> okay. Mm. So I think why I like those, the key things for my business is that some of the money that I make is through hosting the clients. So the lighter weight solution that I've got, the one that isn't going to grow big, means that I can put more of my clients on the same server and make them more profitable. So that's one of the key things about keeping code to the minimum to do the job that it needs to do. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like the idea of doing code. You only, instead of adding in a big hefty plugin to do a very small thing on a site or have an all-in-one solution that does everything, but I only use it for a few things. If I have a simple framework and I add it in myself, it uses less server resources. And I'm going to even claim that this is a green issue, you know? Oh, <laughs> interesting. I don't know if I mentioned... Uh, <laughs> this is a bit off the wall. I was in Thailand. I don't know if I mentioned this before. There was a big ad campaign there about, and I've never seen it anywhere else in the world, about not storing so much stuff on the cloud to save the planet because these servers all need cooling and it's an energy suck. It's a, I mean, you're, there, there is no denying it. That is completely true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, d- d- regardless of where this debate goes, I'm 100% <laughs> behind that that specific point. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So uh, that's that kind of, so by learning a little bit of code, it keeps the sites very simple, means that I believe as well, the other argument for uh, the simple frameworks where you code on top or you add in your own, specific plugins is that you've got a framework if you like a layout tool for your cms that might go longer than one that is constantly being built and changed to be all in one so that's kind of my argument for going for that because a lot of the clients that i deal with may not change their website for 10 years where i think if you go for in my experience the more all-in-one mega themes big page builders 
they probably will have to deprecate a lot more code uh, or change it, or there'll be a new one that will replace them, a new all-in-one, and your clients may have to be on board with the idea that they might need to change their sites more regularly. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not, I'm not, and never really was a user of Genesis, so I'm just going to have to put that one on the shelf because I I can't speak about it. But in Mm. in sort of disagreement, I suppose, with with some of the things you just Mm. said, and Oxygen as an example, and Beaver Builder as an example, it, it it kind of feels to me as if they do enough out of the box now whether that's you know you you upgrade beaver builder to a pro license so you get a few more bells and whistles attached i feel that that Mm. you could really build websites with both of those tools without having to ever touch code you know you could install Mm. it um click on things type in some numbers drag a few sliders you know, so hex values for colors and padding and margin, and mm. you know what I'm talking about. Uh, import some images, and and the, those solutions are totally code-free. In fact, I'd be mm. I'd be staggered if the majority of Beaver Builder and Oxygen users are not using it for just that purpose. Um, mm. You know, never come into contact with CSS, never come into contact with JavaScript, never come into contact with the file structure of WordPress and any of that. Um, yeah. So. That that would be you know a counter argument to that that those page builders feel like whilst people like you can extend them because you're mm. probably fussier than um, fussier I didn't mean that I mean you know you've got more exacting requirements <laughs> yeah. you want it you want to push it more um, I would say that that they're probably equally good for DIYers who just want to get something half decent out there and and you know never touch the code at all. You see, my argument, I guess, but I know the counter argument is why the kind of uh, solutions which have always attracted me at some point, you know, particularly with the mega themes, which have some really wonderful modern uh, things added to them, you know, kind of designs that are ready for you, animations and those kind of things that are really, you know, on the mark for now. And some of these boring frameworks don't have them. Um, The big problem I have with those is that usually when a client wants something it's something that isn't included in the millions of options that i've already got so <laughs> yeah. however much yeah. however much i try and avoid it i still either go back to the having to learn how to add in what is often very simple code or i have to go through the perhaps even longer search of trying to find a plugin to put in to do this one simple task so yeah. so i think it, it doesn't matter what i feel is with kind of all in one and why i like simple frameworks where you do code is that i feel you can never tick all the boxes for all time at some point things that were relevant now might not be later you know might not be needed yeah i suppose it speaks to what your business how your business is structured you know if your business is all about getting a a high turnover of website business and pushing them out reasonably cheaply then these are constraints that you've really got to think about you know you've got to worry about whether or not you've got time or budget to offer them anything bespoke or from the very outset you explain look you know it's gonna it's gonna be able to achieve these things if you wish it to do more you're just we just can't do it at this price point all of those kind of things said but the other thing I would say is, I suppose in a sense, you've got to follow the market a little bit. And if you look at the breathtaking mm. success of, well, the, the two that come to mind, and I don't know the numbers at the moment, and I don't know the percentages at the moment, but Elementor and Divi, 
Um, I'm not a Divi mm. user, never have been, but my understand, and I don't really follow it, but my understanding is that it, it, it is phenomenally successful. Um, and then there's other things, you know, um, Breezy and so on as well in there. They, um, they're just massively successful, which speaks to the fact that this is what this is what the community of WordPress users want. It might not be mm. what the community of WordPress professionals want, but it's what the community of WordPress users want. And I always find it interesting because I forget so easily that the vast majority of WordPress users don't care a, a jot about anything to do with WordPress. They just view it as a system to log in, create a page, <laughs> press publish or save or whatever your your page builder of choice is telling you to do and then clear off and do something else which actually makes your business profitable it's just a tool just want to publish stuff um and yeah. that's that's where they're going you know and you look at the, the the one that springs to mind constantly in my head anyway at the minute is the, the great success of elementor well sure yeah. enough it does pack a load of bells and whistles which i'm imagining on 95%, well, I'm making that number up, I don't know, on a significant proportion of sites, the vast majority of it sits on the shelf and never gets used. But it's been tremendously successful selling itself because I guess human nature is a bit like, well, I might use that. That that looks that looks fascinating. And it's there, right? It's there just sitting and waiting. Yeah. And people don't care about, well, that's going to add another quarter of a second onto your website. It's, it's okay. I just want my website to be seen by the customers who already know it exists and by my friends and family yep. or people who are interested in my travel blog or whatever. Um, SEO, well, whatever. Um, page load, well, yep. whatever. Time to first bite, well, whatever. Just give me give me nice tools. I'll happily happily use them. This is what I want. And that's that's where the market is categorically, I would say, leading us. Yeah, I, I think it is. And we're, and we're in our own little bubble. And this is what's interesting. Yeah. I mean, certainly yeah. WordPress is like that. And even before that, even before um, you know, Beaver Builder, which we use, came along, we had Visual Composer, which I think was almost up to 2 million installs at that point before the tool that we started using was there because yeah. it was popular. Yep. Now, it's less popular. Uh, one of the interesting things about, I mean, no denying Elementor's popularity and how useful it's been to a lot of people who are doing this professionally, that the thing that's always interesting for me is will it go the way of many mega themes, which have got kind of so big because they've added as they need to for such a wide audience that it becomes problematic. And I think, you know, a lot of people might say the same about Visual Composer. There's still people who really love that tool, but it kind of lost its popularity over time as it got bigger. Um, but it was accommodating everything that everybody needed. And that's, that's kind of my issue with it. If you've got such a big, wide audience, then you've really got to pack into the code everything for everybody. Yeah, it's an incredibly... And there's got to be some yeah. downside. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it must be a very difficult path for them to tread, you know, constantly um, wishing to gain new customers. And I presume the easiest way to get to new customers is with features, um, you know, demonstrate that you've got a new thing. Same same with any business, right? You, you know, if you sell running shoes, you've got to constantly be innovating and coming up with new ways of doing running shoes. The, the problem with creating a page builder, I suppose, is that you yeah. then have to support that legacy running shoes. You can just forget about last year's stock. It's gone. Whereas if you put all these tools into a page builder, you've got to support those going forwards. Or as appears to be happening, you were mentioning earlier, they're deprecating certain features that are no longer needed, but 
at the cost of aggravating your your existing users. But um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting that however you play this, there's there's going to be some pushback, isn't there? There's going to be people who jumped on the tool that you're selling right at the beginning because it did exactly what they needed. That's what I want. Just leave it there. Just update it, keep it, and then you push out features, and then that community are going to be dissatisfied because there's bloat in there and so on. I, I can't see a can't see a perfect solution for that. Um, I was trying no. to think of an analogy though, and this one came to my mind, but it's not a very good one. We're going to do it anyway. You're driving a car in the 1970s, and uh, you want to go left. And it, you, you know, if I put if I put you in a 1970s car and said just go around this corner, you're going to be staggered by how difficult it is to turn the steering wheel, because there's <laughs> yes. no power steering, right? And it just it's just hysterically difficult to turn a car that doesn't have power steering. You know, it's not the easy. I can do it between my thing, index finger and thumb. But yes. along comes power steering, and uh, and it's dead cool. Everybody wants it now. It's in cars, right? And I think it's. I just think yeah. that's the analogy for for um for the no code way of doing things. You just can't go back. Nobody wants a power powerless, a power free steeringless, whatever the expression is for that. A car with no power steering. There we go. Um, nobody wants that. <laughs> Everybody wants power steering because it's just better. And I just feel that the market is telling us that we want. Code free, easy to manage, easy to use by non-skilled people, page builders, CMSs, yeah, systems. You, w- yeah, you win that. But I think there is a something to be wary of. So you know, mm. when you're looking at everybody now that enjoys the technology and the changes and the new stuff, the new competition ways of doing things better. Every so, there's only every so often where there is a genuine innovation that suddenly makes everything easier to do that's good Mm. now what can often happen is that there's no real innovation you're just trying to push forward to do more uh, but it comes at a cost i wish i could find an analogy for this so do you see what (laughs) i mean i think when somebody realized the um like page builders when you suddenly realize that you could um take the wordpress editor and just take over that so the early page builders they did it in quite a clumsy way now they're still out there and they're still working fine because div is one of those and visual composer is but it did it via shortcuts within the kind of editor then came along and that's the new wave of them beaver builder decided to kind of separate that out and separate out the editor itself and elementor and all the ones that followed have kind of done the similar thing that was a genuine innovation Mm. about the way that you might do it which would reduce the code but the way we're moving towards a completely code-free environment i don't think there's been any major new uh, developments if you like that leads it there so there's still always the danger of bloat do you see what i mean yeah Um, so i think there's still a kind of downside to i think we're still at the point where if we want to have the kind of uh, features that we want we still might be better off learning a little bit of code so my example is i was used i had to put some js earlier on a site because all i wanted was a simple thing something that you see all the time but i didn't have it available and it was just that i needed a row below a section to open up on a little toggle and um so i went because i couldn't be bothered to do the code which is you know, literally a couple of lines of JavaScript that I needed mm. to put in a little bit of CSS to 
to make my toggle, I went round going through all of the options. And there was the option of putting in a huge big add-on pack for me and all the weight of that, or there was a simple one, which is a standalone plugin that would do the same. But even that standalone plugin was introducing, I don't know, maybe 60 scripts or something and lines and lines of code. Do you see what I mean? And it's like that has some kind of impact to even if not the front end and the speed, but the server resources that might be used or the space that I'm using on my server. Yeah, you know, it's the whole find a plugin. I mean, that's the problem, right? We love WordPress, but its problem potentially is that there's a plugin for everything and you just don't know what what enormous bloat is being created by you installing that one plugin. One hopes that the good stuff rises to the top and that the community itself votes for things which are done well and you know and you and i have talked many times about the fact that we we like plugins that do one thing and do it as leanly as possible as opposed to one plugin which does everything um i'm going to change i'm going to change oh sorry could you please finish no i was just going to add a point i think it's you know why that becomes important is it's again it's your model isn't it um it becomes important to me because key to me surviving is this long-term maintenance of people who won't change their sites very often so the less code i've got the less plugins there are yep. generally on bulk the the less likely things are going to break on it which yeah. means you know I, I can afford to run their plans at an affordable cost and still make a profit yeah yeah that's always got to be in the back of everybody's mind if you're a if you're a WordPress freelancer, isn't it? Is this this debate of cost, mm. code bloat, updating, mm. things going wrong, mm. and so on? And it's just something that, from my perspective, I think I'm coming at it from the the inexperienced, you know, non-technical user. I think that's probably where I'm coming from. Which brings me to a change of tack a little bit. In that, mm. let let me let me use the example of my um, one of my children. Right, um, this scenario has not happened. I'm just imagining it. So 14-year-old walks up to a computer in like 2010 and is instructed to build a web page and he has no prior experience and it's got to have these features, basic stuff, you know, but it's got to have some some messaging at the top and some images put on and things to go on the right and things to go on the left and perhaps a, a footer and so on. And just give him the tools from... Mm prior the page builder era or indeed no cms at all <laughs> and just watch him fail time and time again just banging his his, his little head against the wall uh, <laughs> what an awful image that is <laughs> but then put him in the same scenario now install some of these fabulous tools that we've got and just watch him play his way into getting it right Watch him drag, yeah. drag things over and realize that isn't what was intended, and then just click a button, and which is clearly a, 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 like a delete button, and away it goes, and try something else. And within, let's say, two hours, the job is finished. It's not perfect, but it's pretty good. And this is a person who has no familiarity with uh, f- uh, with the, the internet or building web pages at all. And I think that's the point. Yeah, you things can be achieved so easily now. And I know that the skill that you've described of like realizing that the UX would be better if there was this JavaScript toggle. For most mm. people, that's just 
immaterial. They just want something that works. And you know, and they would. They you say to them, wouldn't it be good if there was a toggle there? Yeah, but I don't know how to do that. Right, moving on. And it's just you know, yeah. it's a passing thing to you and me. It's important, not to these people. So the ability yeah. for anybody to create something which looks pretty good, maybe not. It's not going to win any awards, but it's all right. That's that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And and also, you know, I mean, it's closer to the kind of WordPress main aim. You mentioned it to me when we were talking earlier about, mm. um, you know, making publishing, you know, free to everyone. You know, yeah. What's, yeah. The, what's the term? Democratizing that's used? publishing. Kind of democratizing. Yeah, that's it. And I think, you know, um, you're right. I mean, moving this, that, you know, if, if you need code to do that, then it's failing. So WordPress is very much, I think, heading towards that. And obviously, you know, the whole block editor Gutenberg project is um, is leading towards less need for code. So it's hard to argue against your point. But there's also another thing that's in WordPress as well, which I think contributes to its success, is the fact that it it's also has this kind of 80-20 rule, doesn't it, about what it puts into its core um, yes. plugin, you yes. know, what, yeah. what it is, it's CMS. And I think that's also, you know arguing my side of things uh, about the fact that, you know, you don't want to cram in too much. You, you're probably going to need to add in plugins to that main system or code on top of that main system. If you make the, if you make the main system itself an all-in-one doing everything without the innovation there, you could have problems down the line Yeah, you know, needing to deprecate things. Yeah, it's interesting. I think you're right. Certainly the, the whole deprecation of, of things is important, but... Um, what about the, the the debate that you should be updating your sites regularly anyway? So, you know, if things need to be deprecated, that's a good yeah. thing, but it shouldn't really matter anyway. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I'm not one to talk about this. I drive a really old banger of a car because I just can't be bothered <laughs> to update it, you know. Uh, so I know the, I know what it's like and clients I know are reluctant. If things aren't visually that outdated, they probably don't. But that's a, it's a point that we should be doing anyway. You know, if, if things are getting outdated, well, it's time to update. Let's start afresh anyway. Yeah. Do you know what? I mean, I can't help but think, you know, if you jump on the kind of latest tool that offers you so much extra stuff, all in one kind of package that is um, tuned into what is currently trendy at the time, and you're prepared to, you know, maybe rebuild a couple of years later and you'll look again at the tools that are available, you might end up with a, a much better situation than mine where I just think, oh, no, I have to keep it slim and just add in the code very, you know, miserly yeah. as I need it, you know. So yeah. it's a really hard one. But I think it comes down to models, doesn't it? I think when we often have these debates about the tools that we prefer in WordPress, I don't think you can ever answer what's the best until you kind of know what you're trying to achieve and for who, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I, I know what uh, you mean. I think this, this is the whole thing, isn't it? You know, how much you're going to spend in your business of um, spending time. So for me, being able to implement a little bit of JavaScript, which is difficult for me and to be able to do some custom CSS in into something is is a skill over my clients who couldn't do that for themselves so that's where they might need me but I'm a terrible designer <laughs> so you know so I, you know if I was a great designer and not much of a coder 
then I'm probably go for different bu- bunch of tools. Do you see what I mean? And yeah. uh, my value to a client would be my design skills. And so I'd probably have a whole different bunch of um, tools that I would use. Well, here's another thought from the Luddite textbook. Just imagine, mm-hmm. imagine that we have this conversation in, oh, I don't know, let's go for 10 years, 10 years time. I think it's pretty inconceivable that the things that we're worrying about now will will even be on the table. I mean, I don't even imagine that we'll be using page builders anymore. I imagine that there'll be all yeah. sorts of, I don't know, voice activated things that you can tell to build the website for you. You know, I'd like a, I keep saying, give me a picture of a cat on a red background. Perfect. No, I don't want a ginger cat. Okay, that's a good ginger cat. Make it bigger, move it to the right, and so on. You know, I'm, I'm just guessing, right? But um, the, the, the point is that this stuff is, we're on the march. And yeah. if, if you are going to constrain yourself to, you must be able to use the code, and it's important that you know the code, those kind of things are just going to be totally and utterly out of your depth out of my depth I won't even the vaguest insight into how that stuff works but I'll know how to do it and I'll be able to implement it you know as an example my um I've got one of these little google home things in the kitchen and I can I can say its name I'm not going to say it otherwise countless people's devices will probably go off in the background but anyway I say the trigger word and uh and yes. ask it questions and I've literally no idea how that stuff works but the utility of it is fabulous. And and I think it's the same for this. You know, if you don't know the code, but you can build a website, all power to you. It's great, you know. But, but where's our job? This is the crisis that we've got to avoid. Right, I'm changing my mind. We all need to learn code. <laughs> and it's very important to learn code. And only a few of us will be able to learn the code. It's terribly hard. And yes, learn the code. Very good. <laughs> I don't know. Our our job, our job will be different for sure. In the same way that it feels like many of the freelancers over the last five years have pivoted to, you know, care plans, um, selling funnels, selling all sorts of different services that that bolt on because websites don't necessarily cut it anymore. We'll probably have to come up with other ways of innovating in the future that we, we don't anticipate just yet. Yeah. Do you know what? There's something, and I think it's related to this, it was something that Paul Lacey um, he, he said it to both of us, actually, when we were talking about the fact, do you think down the line, it might be one of the biggest mistakes for kind of small businesses to DIY their own sites? It might be seen as that because there's okay about, you know, manipulating what we can see uh, on our browsers on a page but there was so much that somebody who didn't have that experience or understand how code works would understand how responsive is working how browser technology is different and it things will display differently depending on the browser or do you think all of that stuff will take care of itself do you know i'd love to think that it would take care of itself and i'd love to think that compl- standard compliant tools could be built that just made it so that all browsers showed things mm. correctly and that all um all let's say page builders for the want of the better word let's say that all page builders built things in the slimmest way possible but no i'm i'm sure you're right i'm sure there's always going to be a niche for for people who want to get an edge you know people who can seo and uh, make their site appear highly in Google. People who can make their um, page load mm. quicker and therefore um, appear well in Google. People who can mm. honestly 
claim that they have built a site which consumes less electricity and so they have created a niche for themselves there there's always going to be a need for that and i suppose that's that's a different argument isn't it it's people who who wish to to build a website just to put something out there to share their thoughts that it's not mission critical it's not the point of yeah. their entire existence it, this is all pointless conversation you know it's just the tools are great just use them and accept the limitations of them but you are right i i think paul's right as well that they'll definitely there's always going to be industry experts who will be able to to push the boundaries who will be able to claim that they can do something special justifiably and will be able to charge for it because because there's value in what they do speeding up websites seo whatever it might be Mm. I do find it quite scary now. Maybe, uh, you know, again, we live in a bubble, so it might not be a true representation. But I do see, you know, a lot of the help channels and try and help people who are clearly small businesses deciding that they're doing it themselves. And and I'm pretty sure it's because of the claims of page builders in WordPress that Mm. they look and they say, I can do all these wonderful things. And actually, you know, the things that they ask they would like to do with the page builder are so advanced, something that I think, I don't know how I would do this. But but you know that their expectation is that they bought the tools. It should just be able to do that. Yeah. But you also yeah. know yeah. with it that it's very unlikely that they probably considered the consequences of what they want to do on their page, you know, how that might impact on their load speed or or create other kind of issues that they've not even thought about. So, yeah, that's so a, I am with a little mm. bit with Paul with that, where I think we're... I think we're running too head. This non-coding world doesn't exist. And I still think that, um, you know, it's, it's problematic that people think that they can be code free. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's really, really interesting. I, 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 I wonder about that whole debate as well. Clearly the future will have code in it. Maybe it will be that most people can interact with the internet without knowing any code. And it isn't, isn't, isn't in a way that's what the internet is for, isn't it? You imagine the, imagine the amount of people who consume stuff on the internet who are in effect interacting with code. I mean, it's like Mm. 90% of the entire population of the globe. I'm imagining in some way interacting with the internet on a weekly basis and it's all code. The faintest idea how it works, but it's it the utility of it is fabulous, and um, yeah, I don't know what the future holds, but it it will be it will be certainly very interesting. Indeed, do we do we think we've done this one? I'd say we probably have. Let's knock it on the head, shall we? <laughs> okay, yeah, it's great chat. Thanks. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. I hope that you managed to learn something new. I feel this debate could go on and on. And especially in the future, I feel this debate could become much more polarised. And what I mean by that is I think the technology in the future will allow people with virtually no set of skills based around coding to build really decent websites, perhaps not as specific as those who can code, but certainly commendable and usable. So an interesting debate. You can let us know what you thought about this debate, whether you are on the coding side or the non-coding side. Perhaps join our Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook and let us know in there or just head over to the website and let us know what you think in the comments below. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your AB Split Test in record time? The new AB Split Test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. 
And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. You can check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okay, that's all we've got for you this week, but we'll be back next week for a podcast episode on Thursday. The WP Builds weekly WordPress news will be on Monday. And of course, we'll have the live version at wpbuilds.com forward slash live, 2 p.m. UK time with some notable WordPress guests. The one thing I still have to do is fade in some cheesy, well, blues music this week and say bye-bye for now.